0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that.
1: It's time for the break on
0: DallasCowboys.com.
2: We were on a break
0: with Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
2: Good morning, guys. Today's Tuesday. 11, <laughs> 11. Tuesday 11. <laughs> we have uh, a lot to discuss today, but before we get into it, how are you guys doing? Better great. than yesterday? Great.
0: How we doing, guys?
2: How we are are doing, coach? guys? Great and ready to go. Okay. Great. All right. Dave, cool, Dave. Good? Okay.
1: <laughs> I'm awesome. Sorry. <laughs>
2: so we have a lot to discuss, but before we get into it, I wanted to touch on a few things that... Um, have happened. Last night, Jason Witten had his debut as a Monday night football analyst. He did. So, I wanted to see what you guys' first impression of this was.
1: Um, I didn't know he was out there. I mean, seriously. Like, he, he... He hardly ever talks.
0: I thought the same this thing. Is, I thought it was is, just me. Like
1: yeah. I I didn't realize this was such a big deal for Booger McFarlane. Right. Like this he was his show. Yeah. Booger, nobody Booger told did all the talking. nobody told him to shut the front door ever. I thought he was really good, though. I
3: didn't mind that he kept talking. No, that,
0: that, that's fine. I guess I just the whole point was I was literally I listening. Was thinking, deal for Jason. When Witten. is Jason going to talk? Because yeah, it just it seemed as though they were kind of creating these moments for him to talk and talking. He just didn't say anything. So I don't know. It was. Yeah.
2: Weird. Were you expecting more though? Yeah. Like yeah. Knowing the, him to talk. Yeah. This yeah. was like this
1: huge deal that Jason Witten is now ju- you know jumping into the booth for Monday Night Football, and uh, he he looked like the third guy yeah. you know like he looked he didn't hardly ever talk i thought i thought mcfarland talked the whole time
0: it felt like jason was the sideline guy
1: exactly
3: and
0: booger mcfarland was the color analyst you know? i think
3: unfortunately for jason booger mcfarland's got a lot more experience doing this than he does yeah. and it showed last mm-hmm. night which you'll get better i'm sure i didn't think yeah. he was bad he, seemed, right, right. he did not seem comfortable to me um and I don't. Yeah, like just. I mean, I'm not best friends with Jason Witten by any stretch, but knowing what I know about him, I think that's going to be a challenge for
0: him to, yeah, to adapt to what he needs to be like to be good at that. So I, I think he, he'll get there. I think it's it's just. I mean, it's with anything. You you go from one career to another one, and he's going to have to adapt to the the idea that he's got to have something to say about everything. Yeah. And yep. and I don't think that. And he might already. And he just doesn't know how to. Like he's not used to that. He's right. used to maybe as a player being a little more reserved, but he's got to learn that every time there's an opportunity, you got to jump in and, and have something there was a good point, to say.
3: I think it was in the first half yesterday. Like he said something and like, it was so heavy in football lingo that it didn't even make sense unless you really follow yeah. like football. When huh? <laughs> yeah. Joe Tessitore was like, expound on that if uh-huh. you, and like he, he, it almost seemed like he was like, what do you mean? Expound on that? Yeah. Like the, it's it's football I just it's, said like, it. <laughs> it's like well you got to do a little bit more for your average joe sitting at home right. who which yeah. has it's 99% 90. of the audience right
1: somebody told me a long time ago that when you're doing that you have to figure out a way to say the same thing 14 different ways because if you keep saying it over and over like it'll be repetitive and it won't be good and there was a moment where in the first half where he he talked about a play i remember the, the receivers running down the field And he said the same thing three times, and that's kind of his way of of describing the play. And I just remember thinking that, like, you know, he's going to have to get better at that. But I I thought it was just kind of awkward the way that that Booger McFarlane was talking too much. I mean, maybe they just should need need to put the three of them in the booth. In the booth, yeah. I kind of wanted to. Then then it's just fair game for whoever speaks up. I think... I think that you're supposed to view Booger
3: McFarland as the third member of the booth. He's just, just not doing it from the in field. the booth. I, that's like their new wrinkle is like, well, yeah. he's going to have this does the, vantage point. Does that thing his, move? Yeah. He follows the line of scrimmage. Okay. So he's sitting above the line of scrimmage, wherever it is. He's I, just I see
1: thinking, how he's kind of shaking. Up he's there. on the
3: camera cart, yeah. basically, is where like he a, is, and he's just. But honestly, that's a, a great setup. view. I mean, yeah, you no. get a better view there probably than they get upstairs. I, I am, I am encouraged by uh, the first. I mean, yeah, yeah, Jason's gonna. He's got some work to do, and I mean, they all do. But yeah. I like the vantage point that Booger's got, and he offered some insight. And I don't know. What do you guys was, think of
0: the halftime? Reminds me see what
3: it? it was. They they did
0: like the music with video Tori Kelly with Tory and Tory Kelly and Boys and Men. Which oh, well. I love both the artists. Don't get me wrong. I love Boys and Men. I love Tori Kelly. It was just awkward the way they did it. Yes, I know entertainment is in their name, but like ESPN always tries <laughs> to do stuff like that. Right. And, They're trying to trick it up a little bit. But I, get I it, Stop.
3: But. I, I remember uh, this was years ago, but like they like when TRL on MTV was at its height, they tried to like they were like, We're gonna have live performances on SportsCenter. And it's like, no. Stop! If I want that, I'll go to MTV right. or wherever that is. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it's sports. Just, just it
0: doesn't. You don't have to cover every touchdown. You could have given me five minutes of analysis on the game, and I would have been just as happy. Right.
2: Well, let's hope that uh, Jason Witten does get better as time goes on, as well as what we hope with this 2018 Cowboys version. So, before we move on into that, Jerry talked on the fan this morning and touched on a few things uh I wanted to mention Xavier Woods he's supposed to be getting closer to playing although his practice may be a little limited this week Randy Gregory seems like he is good to go as far as health concerns and as far as the whole suspension thing or drug thing I think you that got is that. still in think, the air
3: I think you got it flopped which
2: I thought he was good in, uh, injury wise. Uh,
3: um, we'll see, as always. Especially when you're talking yeah. about a concussion, we'll see. That Jason Garrett said he's feeling better, but you. Well, never... I guess
2: I gathered that from that, and then seeing Randy tweet about it saying he was good, and but then I guess you can't always. Well, take the that the, as... the way that it
0: goes now. Back in the day, if the player felt great and he saw that you had two fingers in front of him, then it was like, all right, yeah, you're good yeah. go. But now there's a whole protocol they have to go through, and. And in a lot of instances, the doctor is going to be the final person to make that determination, regardless of what the player is, I guess, saying. Uh, now, they could probably say they're feeling all fine and give them a great report. But yeah, I would assume the tests that the doctors do will give them a little bit more indication and they'll have to pass that protocol in order to get back on the field. But I do like
3: what you said there with uh, up in the air with the with the league talk, because Jerry Jones did go on the radio today and say, you know, as far as I know, everything's good. We're all in the clear and that's that's noteworthy i mean you, i mean if jerry jones is going to have a better idea than we do about what's going on with that at the same time i'm always i'm taking that with a grain of salt basically until the end of time like that's just the story with randy gregory is that i don't know that it's i mean you're never you're never just going to feel great about that you know what i mean although i do think it's noteworthy that jerry said as from a league standpoint he expects him to be available sunday which is that's news so but
0: you know jerry's been saying since training camp that And I think people kind of just kind of took it as a grain of salt. But he said, hey, when you're talking about these kind of situations where guys um, guys are coming back from, you know, drug rehabilitation, it is a process that is not a okay. you're you're 100 percent now go. It's not like a broken bone like there's going to be times when when there may be hiccups. And and so as long as. You know, you have the right people around them and you're giving them the right support and they're able to work through whatever hiccups may happen. I think that ultimately, I think if the league is being smart, they will factor that in. And that's why they should have medical people involved in this um, so that they can help when there is a hiccup, get them immediate help and get them back on the right track. Because don't I think it's foolish to assume that a person that's been addicted to any kind of substance is just going to at some point be whole. Right. It just doesn't happen like that. You hear anybody that's been addicted to alcohol, drugs, whatever. They'll tell you, like, this is a this is a lifelong thing now. I got to deal with this for the rest of my life because it's now part of my life. Right.
3: Right. Which as a member of the media, this whole thing with Randy makes me feel a lot of different types of ways because I understand the value of reporting. And if something's going on that, that ain't right, like that's the media's job, whether it's sports or politics, whatever, there's nothing wrong with that. At the same time, this Randy thing is really sketchy because basically anybody in Randy's situation is going to be have there's going to be a million things going on with him probably for the rest of his career i mean you're going to be you're going to be getting tested maybe randomly you're going to be having dialogues you're going to have to be going to meetings with the mm-hmm. league like he did a couple weeks ago that's probably got
0: accountability people you're dealing with absolutely. on a daily basis yeah
3: there's just going to be stuff swirling with him like that's just that's just part of his life basically yeah. and it sucks for him and it seems really unfair that You know, whether it's leaks or whether it's reporters not being completely responsible, not pointing fingers at anybody specifically, but just the basic idea of who he is and who he plays for. There's people trying to pry into that. And I think about it from a fan's mindset is like you want it to be black or white. Like, is he good to go and I don't have to worry about this or Mm -hmm. is he suspended? And it's not going to be that way. And I just think, you know, to quote Jerry, you got to have some tolerance for ambiguity with that. And it just sucks. <laughs> you do. Like how you put yeah. the tolerance for ambiguity. You, yep. you have to have a tolerance for ambiguity that this you're probably always going to have to have some level of concern about Randy Gregory. But it sucks for him that his dirty laundry, so to speak, is being leaked out into the media in one form or fashion. And it's just unfortunate. But, you yeah. know, for the time being. Sounds like he life. is OK. <laughs> yeah, so. right.
2: So uh, every week is going to be kind of a pending status for him. But from what I'm gathering as of right now, it seems that it's nothing major and it should be OK. Now, there was a comment that I thought was really interesting from part of uh, Jerry Jones. And yesterday we talked a lot about Dak Prescott. And yes, and this morning he made a comment that he saw in Dak a mixture of Jared Goff and Kent Newton. So I wanted to see what y'all's opinion was on that.
3: Yeah, I, uh, I, I, <laughs> no listened. Well, I, no, I, no, I got a lot to say. <laughs> Just, I don't know where to start. Which...
0: <laughs> so much to say.
3: Uh, you know, I mean, I can hear the smart Alec comments about, you know, Dax, Dak's not accurate. Jared Goff last night, he didn't have a great night throwing the ball by any stretch of the imagination. I think he was about 50%. So, and look, I, I've seen the tape. I know Dak missed a lot of throws. I'm not giving him a pass for that. Um, but so yeah, I I agree to a degree. We know Dak can complete an acceptable percentage of passes. He and he did on Sunday, although not the ones that mattered. Right. The thing for me, what jumps out to me with that is, if Dak has even a s- iota of the mobility and running ability as Cam Newton does, where was it? We on did Sunday? not see any of
2: it. Well, on my Sunday. my question
0: would also be if he does have some of that then why the heck isn't this offensive staff figuring out a way to have more calls designed for him to run the ball? It's
3: painfully obvious that Cam's ability
0: to run was a big part
3: of Carolina's game plan, and they knew Mm. that they were going to lean on him to do that to get past this Dallas defense. It didn't happen with Dak. And if they know that, and I would hope that they do, then that's borderline inexcusable for me that they
1: didn't try to implement that a little bit more. I, I don't really see any kind of cross comparisons between the two. I mean, I, I don't. I think Goff's a different type of player. I think uh, Cam is a different type of player. And and what Jerry wants Dak to be right in between both of them, you know, I I didn't see either of that. Uh, what Cam does best, Dak didn't show, as Dave just said. And what Goff does best, Dak didn't show, and really doesn't show that hardly at all. So uh I, I think that's the ideal to be that type that would be your your prototype quarterback if you could be a combination of those <laughs> two guys don't know what that was but I, I,
2: <laughs> it's the explosion of the, I like, of the combination of the two I don't know what that is,
1: but, but um can't you okay yeah with that? everybody okay <laughs> um but no i just think overall i mean i that that's the goal yeah. and I, I think he was really far from it but you know it, This is the biggest issue this team has, I think, right now. It's just trying to figure out, is their quarterback good enough to win games? Yeah, I will say this, and Dave, you kind of alluded
0: to it. We went back yesterday, and I know I went and sat down with Brian to watch a little bit of what Dak did in this game. And Nick, you came over and saw some of it as well. There were some significant misses in that game. There were some opportunities. And you want to talk about these wide receivers? Let's not talk about the wide receivers right now. And the reason why I say that is because there were plenty of opportunities in that game, tight ends included, where they had open they had open guys downfield opportunities in one instance with Jeff Swain where it was clearly a touchdown and Dak for whatever reason wasn't able to get them the ball whether he didn't see it whether he just didn't pull the trigger whatever the case might have been but they had some opportunities that were left on the table yesterday because of Dak's inability to get the ball to them and so I don't want to talk about receivers and wide receiver I mean, and tight ends for the, until we see Dak improve there then I don't think it's fair to to, to mm. criticize this receiving group as we have in the past. There were more than enough open men.
3: The the Jeff Swaim a very obvious touchdown comes right. to mind. How about and hey, if you even if you're gonna say all right, Dak's not a great downfield thrower, don't put that on him. Okay, how about the Michael Gallup crossing route yep. seven yards past the line of scrimmage where he had guys downfield, he had Green Grass in front of him. It's probably a at least a twenty five yard, if not more, gain. If he just, he puts at full it, speed, just put it where it needs to be instead of two yards behind him.
1: Um, uh, the, just not, not a great day at all. The play that we're referring to with the Jeff Swaim, he actually pulled the ball down it was third and nine, and, and it was he had to have the play, and yeah. he ended up r- rushing for ten or it was 11 a great and, run, and, and did a nice job. But I think what needs to be uh, addressed there in the film room or whatever is, did you see him? And it looks like he is seeing him because what is he looking at? It looks like he's seeing him. I don't know if he thinks he can make the throw because we see it from up top. Like, there he is, make the throw. But there's a certain type of velocity you've got to put on that ball to get it there. Yeah, he could he could get the ball to Swain, but is every safety in the league going to run over there and get it by then? Does that
0: worry you yeah. if he can't make that yeah, throw?
1: Yeah, if he can't make the throw, he, he – doesn't need to be in the position. And I'm, I'm being honest. Like, that throw right there, if it comes down to that, he really doesn't trust himself.
2: That's the job and, of a quarterback. All, that's, that's you're you're not only – all you – I mean, your job is not only to hand off the ball to a runner. Your job as a quarterback is to throw the ball. Well, right, but, but, that, but, but that's I'm, kind I'm of...
1: talking about making all of the throws. Yeah. And, yes, if nobody's around – we everybody can make that throw. It might hit a cloud, but you're gonna get it there. He's got to get it there on a, on a dime and split a safety that might as be cheap. The no, game. But I guess, but I, I guess, know guess that's part, part of, of the game. I'm just saying this is what we're finding out. Maybe he it's those type of throws that you, you you determine you you really can't do this job.
0: But that's why I think personally, I think that's not the issue because I, I tend to believe he can make that throw. I tend to believe that it was more of a situation where he didn't recognize it as it was, or he felt— something was he was he skittish about the pressure was it i mean there was nobody really on him at that point but was he skittish about the pressure to where he was like i'm gonna have to really step into this throw i don't think i can have enough time to do that and that's why you know he kind of ends up taking off running i don't know what it was i don't maybe i'm just giving him the benefit of the doubt he can make that throw because that's that's a that's not a tough throw where you got a tight end basically around the hash marks about 25 30 yards downfield
3: this was after he shorted the throw to jarwin right
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. So, maybe So, that you th- maybe. Well, but that, I, just, I will say this, and, and Brian pointed this out. On the situation with Jarwin, Byron, I mean, Brian thinks that what happened there was Dak was expecting him to stop, and he kind of kept floating. And if you notice, as he was running, he stopped running full speed. Jarwin did. And he was kind of just jogging a little bit and then kind of went a little bit too far. So he thinks there was kind of a miscommunication there on what Dak was saying. Not that Dak couldn't get it to him, but Dak thought he was going to stop, and he actually just kept floating yeah. backwards, um, and that's what made the ball short.
3: That's fine. It it didn't – I mean, it wasn't complete. That's yeah, all right. I know. But <laughs> right. And that's – what y'all have been talking about is why I said what I says. like, okay, you don't trust yourself to make that throw, which an NFL quarterback should be able to make, but let's just even – let's even just allow – acknowledge that. Okay, you can't make that throw. Make five or six pretty easy ones, mm-hmm. and the game
0: is still probably different. True. And there were quite a few. I know there were about step. five or six. There were about five or six plays that me and Brian walked through. He had another where one. He had an opportunity to get the ball to a guy, and he just he missed it yeah. for whatever reason. I just wonder if he's seeing ghosts. Do You think from <laughs> last year? Uh, from we well, got six six sacks this game. From too, so. from
3: last year. From this year. From you know, does he trust Joe Looney and Connor Williams? Does he trust Lyle Collins? Does he trust Zeke to pick up his blitz? I don't know. But again, I, I know. Every game we play, we get further away from 2016. I understand that. But we still, to quote Jerry again, like we've seen him do these things. Like he's made those types of throws in the past. He has. Uh, and that's what makes it even harder for me to understand like where it went. And to me, that comes back to that. That says confidence to me. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, confidence that he can make the throw or confidence that he's, you know, is he worried about if he throws picks you know, maybe is the the contract in his head yes. is
0: I don't know. I don't know. Me and Nick were talking about that at the game Sunday on another subject, but it was the whole idea of when you're when you're young and you, you don't have much, then you're willing to go all out because you don't really you're not worried about losing anything, right? Because you don't have anything to lose. That could be a rookie player, right? But then you get a few years in and now you've got elect you got something built. You got a little something built and now you're trying to hold on. Yeah. And when you're trying to hold on, you get a lot more conservative. And we all do it in our everyday lives. Think about how carefree you were when you were in your early 20s relative to how you may be when you're in your 40s and you've got a wife and kids, you got to support. Like your chance the the, 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 the your ability your <laughs> Jeez. your ability to take chances or, or your, your willingness to take chances decreases quite a bit. And so yeah. it could be the same thing with a player like Dak, where the more after he got that success of 2016, now he may not be, maybe a little bit more tentative because he's like, I got to make sure I make the right decision because I've got something I'm building here and I don't want to lose what I have,
2: you know? All right, well, let's take our first break. And when we come back, the Cowboys do have to face the New Year Giants this weekend. So we'll get into the Giants offense when we come back. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com.
3: I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was
2: recently hailed as a masterpiece.
3: Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing, that's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. Dual aperture supports f 15 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera.
0: Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. It's flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed.
2: (laughs) So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. (sighs) When you crave a Dr. Pepper,
0: nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are The break,
2: all right. One of our biggest topics every single show since we got (laughs) started this season since training camp has been the safety position. We've Mm -hmm. talked about it every single show now. To our surprise, I would say that was one of the least things you noticed on a negative side watching this last game, this first game of the Cowboys. So, I would actually say
0: it's one of the positives.
2: Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. But when... There, <laughs> given, would you say it was one of the positives?
1: With an asterisk. <laughs> that they got beat? Well, given well, the fact
2: that you expected, okay, you have these expectations for the offense and stuff like that, and then it turns out that right. it, it, they did it was, okay. It was
1: very similar to practice with the fact that, uh, and I even said this several times, like this offense isn't going to be testing these safeties up and down the field to be like, wow, you know, great job. And I don't think Carolina tested the safeties vertically down the field where... I mean, where these guys could have a chance to make make a lot of plays, good or bad. So it'll get tougher for Heath and Frazier than this game, but it certainly was a good start. And Frazier did a nice job of, of when he was around the ball. He did a nice job.
0: But were they not tested a few times from the standpoint of the running game with McCaffrey getting loose and they yeah. had to get him? Like none of those turned into touchdowns. Those, right. those plays where, where Cam got loose, plays where McCaffrey got loose. I think from the standpoint of just how they played overall. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. They didn't get tested back downfield and in, in, in the passing game because that's not the, the offense of the Carolina Panthers. But they certainly got tested in the running game, I thought. Right.
1: But I'm just saying the running game and the short passing game with McCaffrey, you'll be tested even more if you're having to play, you know, way back. Like yeah. in Roanoke, you know, when you're trying to play, you know, when they get to Arlington. Seriously, you'd be way, Carolina. you'd be way back there. I don't know. Winston Salem, <laughs> I, I didn't have a, a good one for. Way back in Charlotte, I thought Roanoke was good. Yeah, yeah. you're way back there. We got the picture, and and then all of a sudden, anybody's running back. You go play Washington and have you know Thompson. Is that the guy? Yeah, Chris Thompson? Thompson. I mean, somebody like that. So when they and they do have some some little bit more vertical passing game, but. Overall, I thought they played well. My point, though, I'm not 100% sure Woods comes back. I mean, I don't think Woods starts. Exactly.
2: Woods was a given starter when yeah. we got into the season. Or, <clears throat> sorry. Before getting into the season. Now, be, watching the way that Kayvon played this in this game, are you guys voting for him just to automatically just keep an in there?
3: I'm going to be really aggravated if Xavier Woods isn't the starter when he comes back. Because if Kayvon Freight, and they're like, oh, he's really more of a box safety, but he played well, so he can yeah. do the job. Well, then how come Tyron Matthews not here or any, any of, of these guys. other right. guys? Yeah. Exactly if it's right. as interchangeable as, it's, as that suggests, then why didn't you do anything before? Because so, right. the excuse we always heard was that's not our kind of safety. That's so, right. a box safety. Man, I hope if, that's a column. If Xavier Woods, <laughs> if he comes back and they go with that guy, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So, you're challenging, mean, yeah, and that's you're nothing against Kayvon. You're those guys. No. It's nothing against well. Kayvon yeah. at all. I a culpa, Mia culpa Kayvon I assume you don't listen to the show, but maybe he does. I doubt it. I've been talking I mean I don't, we haven't been talking bad, but we've been doubting you for months and I thought he played <laughs> great. I I really did. For a guy making, you know, uh for a guy making his first start, I thought he was really good, but Xavier Woods is the free safety with the skill set that nobody else has and so if you just automatically pull the plug on that because he missed a game or two that tells me that uh that was a crock of crap
1: so I hope, yeah all I hope these he gets- other all these other safeties that, that weren't scheme fits and all that stuff
2: now let me change this up a little bit let's say i think that our perspective changed because there were so much negative things coming from the offense now had the offense played well enough and the offense was moving, now you start pinpointing things that stand out more, the way that he played, would it be good enough to where you would have still been like, okay, Kevin is good there?
0: I think so. I didn't see I didn't see plays where Kayvon missed his assignment. I didn't see plays where Kayvon missed tackles. I didn't see plays where Kayvon had a bad angle. Oh. Like I didn't see that. Maybe it was there and I missed it. I didn't see that. So
1: no, I, mean, I think he played well. I thought overall the safeties played pretty well. Now Heath had a chance to get an interception. It would yeah. have been a great play, but he had a chance. I would have saved him a touchdown. Yeah. Um Maybe that's the game, you know. yeah, I mean he's always around the ball, but you know, you, you gotta you gotta come up with that play. I uh, he I thought he played pretty well, other than that, but um I thought, you know, the safeties were good. They'll be tested more than They'll be tested this week. Oh, yeah. More than that. Um, time. Oh, yeah. Because they have a runner that you can catch the ball out of the backfield, and they've got receiving threats that can go down the field. And their runner's
0: going to get to the safety a few times.
1: Yeah, he'll get there. <laughs> and get, I got a feeling he's going to get to the safety a
0: few times. And he's big. Yeah, he's a big dude, and he can run. Yeah.
2: So tomorrow we'll, we'll get a deep... Into the oh, we'll <laughs> Giants. I want offense. tomorrow.
0: I want Dave to tell me whether yes. he thinks after he reviews this team. I want him to tell me if he thinks that the runner in New York is better than the runner in Dallas. Ooh,
2: yeah.
0: I want to know. I've already gotten a wait. Jump. Save it till tomorrow. Well,
3: I I've, I've already gotten a jump. Like I'm. Okay. I have started, so I'll let you know. All right. I'm teaser time. Also, you, you,
0: you studied him in college too with the draft shows. Way... So I just want to. I just want to know. Like, <laughs> do you think which one do you think is? We better? We can
3: get into that, no, but no, no, we'll after after having watched. The first, I've watched the first half of the season opener, Giants and Jags. Yeah. Way more worried about the guys out wide than the guy in the back. Oh, really? Room.
1: Yes. Okay. Well. Right. Yes. I hope, His big run
0: came later, though, right? Yeah.
1: I hope that Zeke is is better at, at running back because if not, and if you're just doing that, you know, checks on each side, offensive line, Cowboys. Running back, I hope it's Cowboys right now with Zeke better and Barkley. Hope so. Wide receiver, it is not. Because you're not about
0: to win the next two. It is
1: not tied in. And it's not quarterback. I don't care what people just Mm. what kind of face them. Eli Manning. Honestly, I
0: think it's a push at quarterback. I personally think it's a push.
3: I don't know how you can say that. Can watching say Dak how is watching, better than Eli. How
0: watching how
1: Eli played right last now? season and how he how played can last you say week.
0: Say Dak is better than Eli.
3: Well, one of them's going to go to the Hall of Fame.
1: I know that. I'm saying, how can anyone say Dak is better than Eli? I, oh, 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 oh! So, yeah. I no. misunderstood you. I thought no. you were saying
0: Dak is better than.
3: Like, no, no, no. Honestly, no, no. <laughs> <My laughs> I, I think,
1: my honestly, bad. I think my they're bad.
0: both playing. No. They're, neither one of them is playing That's at a level right now. I'm sorry
1: if I said that. I'm sorry Dak is not. He was. Two years ago, a rookie year, looked like you know Arrow was going this way. But, no, he, he's he's not. The same thing
0: for Eli. About two years ago, he was playing at a pretty high level. The Giants should not be. Not that last year.
1: The Cowboys should be more worried about what Eli can do than what Dak can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely throwing the ball.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, I think they got to be worried about what those receivers can do. And that, that's in some respect, has to do with the quarterback. But I also think he can get the ball out quick. And those receivers can turn a little bit into a ton. Right. So wow. that's the part I'm more worried about is that receiver. Right. Well, you're stealing my thunder. Right <laughs> now, <laughs> so. It's fine. It's good. Thanks, well, everyone, for bringing
3: it up. <laughs>
2: sorry. Well, both teams are 0 and 1 right now. And if uh, you were talking yesterday about how important these early games mm-hmm. can matter when it comes down to later in the season. Now, both teams and the Cowboys playing at home, I believe they've. Maybe beat the Giants the last like four times I think
3: they haven't lost to them. Well, they lost to them at home in 2016, One time, yeah. and they beat them last year, and they beat them in 15, and they beat them in 14, right? And so, so this whole had a lot of success fielded, at home.
2: But what I'm getting at is like at this point, this whole home field advantage that people like to bring up, I don't think that's a factor right now with what you have in the Cowboys at this point. I don't think in the point.
0: NFL home field, there's probably two or three stadiums, in my opinion, where home field really matters, in my opinion. I think by and large in the NFL, it's it, you get out there on the field, and it's these teams are very adept at being able to, to be able to, to operate their offense and their defense, even when there's noise coming from the crowd. You look at some of the upsets this last weekend, there was some pretty good home teams that got beat so i I just i don't believe home field advantage is as huge a deal in this particular sport as it may be in others like basketball i think it's a huge deal i don't think so in football
3: i'm conflicted about that i think the thing with home field advantages i mean and you're right i mean uh, the saints jump right out to me that is a nice home field advantage that was good for nothing on sunday
0: yeah and that's one of the places i would have said the home field advantage actually matters
3: there were a couple of others but i do think home field advantage is important but i think it's I think home field advantage is what makes things go from bad to worse. Like if you're, you know, Cowboys, case in point, like maybe they play a little bit better in AT&T Stadium. They might not win the game, but it might not be that bad. And, you know, the Seahawks are the same way. I think when you get a good thing rolling, that crowd helps. You know, like it it keeps the other team off their game. And But, yeah, for the most part, I don't think you're going to lose a game because of home field advantage. I think you can lose a game worse than you should because maybe. of home field advantage. So that right now, sense.
2: at this point, we've gotten a chance to watch every team play and get a feel of what it is like at this point. And based on the results that we saw this whole weekend, a lot of ugly games, a lot of disappointment happening around the league, I would say. But at this point, where do you think the Cowboys stand versus all the other teams in the league?
1: Mm.
0: Power rankings? They would be in the low 20s.
1: They'd be in the 20s. They'd be like low 23, 24.
3: I think they definitely did not put up the worst game of the weekend. Right. But they are in the running. I'll put it that way. I mean, and nobody should feel worse than the Detroit Lions today, in my opinion. Giving up 50 at home to a rookie quarterback. Yep. Five picks from your franchise guy who I've been a big defender of. and Nick doesn't like him. Maybe he's right because that was terrible. Matthew Stafford, who I'm talking I mean, about. Yeah. Um, the Saints, again, to bring them up, I mean, 10-point favorite. the Saints
0: have not – here's the deal. I don't think that the Saints can look at that game and be, like, so worried because they, did, they still did put up 40 points. And so offensively, they got to feel like, hey, number one, we got to tighten up some stuff defensively. And, you know, we just got to figure out some things. I don't think they worry as much as – like the Cowboys, you look at the Cowboys, and the reason why I said they're probably mid to low 20s mm-hmm. is because if you go back and look at the problems they've had over the last span of games, not just one game – but span of games, yeah. you start to wonder, is this offense going to find its mojo? And if you can't score points, you said this yesterday, if you can't score points, you're not going to win games. Unless you've got a historically great yeah, defense, you're that not, good, not yeah. going well, to win games. That's, and that's the part that probably worries the Cowboys more than any other franchise right now. There are probably a few other teams that are in that boat, but there are a lot of teams that score points this week that lost. Cowboys weren't one of them. They lost and didn't score anything.
3: One more. And I'll, I will, Eight points, I should say. I will stop bringing up the New Orleans Saints for the for the day after I'm done with this. But I think it's pertinent because the stat that's floating around right there is if you start 0-2, you know, what, like 80%, 90% of teams that do that don't make that playoffs? the playoffs? Well, the Saints—well, it sounds like I'm defending the Cowboys. The Saints started 0-2 last mm-hmm. year and made the playoffs. That's what I was talking about, yeah. Problem is, what did the Saints have? They had— The offensive rookie of the year. Their whole, I mean, their draft class. It rivals the 2016 Cowboys in terms of draft class making an impact. And Drew Brees, who's going to the Hall of Fame, played the most efficient season of his career. Did you see anything on Sunday that gives you confidence that the Cowboys can? No. Uh, to engineer a turnaround like that
2: and That's i do difference right there yeah
0: i honestly don't know what because i can't remember back to what new orleans not that i even watched those games what new orleans did in those two losses how did they perform like did they look as bad as the
1: cowboys well offensively i, I can tell you right now that they probably didn't enter the season just thinking that kamara was going to be the guy that they they have to just lean on or, or you know profile him that much in the offense he had does some nice things he, he has an expanded role next thing you know he is one of the more dynamic players in this league. So
0: then the question becomes, were there guys yesterday? Did we see things from guys yesterday that maybe could give you a yesterday? reason to believe? I'm sorry. Sunday? Sunday? Okay. That maybe gives you a reason to, to believe. Like, let's say, for example, no. did you see anything from wide receivers and tight ends that makes you say, hey, if this quarterback figures out how to get the ball to the right place at the right time, you've got some some different options in All the right, passing hold game. Hold it right there. Okay.
2: Yeah. I, I like your question, but you guys can answer it when we come back from this final break. All right.
0: Okay.
2: To the break.
1: This read seems appropriate based off the last game we saw. Picking number one in the draft is a good thing, but picking your wedgies is a bad Jeez. thing. So never pick again. Stop. I didn't say. I'm talking about last night, what we saw last night. The Lions are looking like the number one. Uh, Preach for Tommy John instead. No wedgie guarantee. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You get 20% off your first order. That's TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. No, the Cowboys won't be picking number one in the draft. And
2: wedgies suck. You don't want to wedgie. Okay, but uh,
1: before Miles comes back, um, I think that... Uh, Right. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a pretty big game, though, for a lot of reasons. One of them is you need to decide kind of where you're going to go if the Cowboys, if there is a trade that they still want to make. If you're 0-2 and you lost to the Giants, it changes the course of things a little bit now. I mean, because it's like, what type of team are you going to have? If this is a, if you're going to bring a player in that might help you and kind of get over the top and fit, you know fill a hole, that's fine. But if not, then... I mean, I don't again, know. You again, your to be-
2: defense can't do all the work.
0: I, I honestly believe though that that's the kind of decision that I make after three or four games. I don't think after two. I know what the statistics say, but I'm I still and again maybe this is just my own personal optimism. I don't believe after two games in a sixteen game season anything is determined. So
2: okay, Mister Optimistic. Yeah. Before we went into break, you posed the question of: Did you see anything mm-hmm. from this team that offensively, would, offensively, offensively, yes, yeah. yes, that will make you feel better going or moving forward into the season?
0: Yes, and I, I your own, my, answer your own. And the question. way I would answer that question is: Yes, I did not expect that the wide receivers and tight ends would be open as much as they were until after the game, I'm standing there in the locker room. Cole Beasley is talking to the media and says, go back and watch the film. You will see that wide receivers were open. It made my eyebrow go up because I was like, wow, did he just say that? And then I went back and I talked to Brian first because I didn't have a chance to watch this, watch it before we went on the air yesterday. And he was like, he's absolutely correct. And then after the show, I went back and watched it. And he was absolutely correct. There were wide receivers and tight ends open throughout that game. And so that gives me, like personally makes me think, okay, this is not a bigger problem. And it makes me think that, although I do think think offensively they probably could have done more uh, to create more diversity in the offense, it does make me think that even without that, they had opportunities. There were plays where they got guys open. They schemed guys open on plays. And for whatever reason, they didn't get the ball. So all I'm saying is that does make me feel better. It's not. It still means your quarterback's got to be good enough to do it. And we have and, to see if
1: he can do that consistently. And, and and this is one of my biggest pet peeves. I always hate it when people just become, they start off blaming the quarterback every time when a guy is open. Every time. like It's like, well, day's open, but it's like. Why didn't you get him the ball? I mean, you don't see all the time. You 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 can't see. He was running for his life. You said for whatever reason he didn't get the ball. The reason was that the line couldn't block him at all. Well, but there was – I don't think that's
0: the case. I don't think you can say that every time either because there were some times when he had time, he had plenty of time. There was nobody within three right. yards of
1: him. So, Gallup, he had time. Okay, I got it. He missed, he missed Gallup. And Gallup should have made the catch. But he, he missed Gallup. Gallup should have made that catch, though. He dropped the ball. I mean, that's one of the things. In slick
0: conditions, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not.
1: No, he should have made the catch, but the way it was thrown, it wasn't going to be the gain that it could have been. Right, it could have been a big gain, and that's what I think receivers do. And I think selfish receivers do this. I'm not calling him that, but selfish receivers sometimes will do a crossing route. They want that ball right there like they're Jerry Rice, so they can go 50 yards with it, which it could have been a 40, 50 yard. That wasn't the case. He should have stopped completely, made the catch, and it might have only been 10, 12 yards, but still – you know, you have to do that. Um, but th- that was a horrible throw. Uh, all I'm saying is is that he was sacked six times. If Dak wasn't as big and strong and agile as he is, it could have been 10. It could have been more than that. You know, I mean, if, if Eli Manning probably would – well, he would have got the ball out a lot quicker, you know, than that. He but, wouldn't have taken six. Right, but he's not taking six. But I'm, all I'm saying is is that they – this offensive line, that's where the issue was, was was the line. So I- the receivers getting open is a good, positive thing. Can they get it blocked?
0: Yeah, and I, I think that the – on here's the deal. You can look at the offensive line. You can say, yeah, the offensive line has some problems. But I think it was you or Dave that was telling me yesterday when you go back and look at it, the rookie actually only had a few bad plays. Right. I know right. two of them turned into sacks, but it was only two or three where he really had bad plays. That's what can happen with an offensive line. Two plays can turn into two sacks, and that means a horrible day when the fact of the matter is it wasn't as bad as it may have may have sounded or may have even looked on the field especially when you're going up against a guy like going short. I'm not worried about any of this. Like the rec-
3: the receivers were more open than they got credit for. Dak had a bad day. I'm not ready to just abandon all confidence that I had in Dak. Like I think that's going to be fine. Can and I said this yesterday, but like can Ezekiel Elliott just be part the, part, the part of this offense that he needs to be? Like I mean did you, I know you did. We talked about it already. Todd Gurley, which honestly like his numbers aren't that much different than what Zeke did. Todd got uh, targeted five ga- five times in the game last night, but it was how he was targeted. You know, uh, they were throwing wheel routes to him downfield. He had he scored a touchdown on a pop pass, which is literally like a jet sweep. He goes in motion, and you just flick him the ball and he, creative. Yeah. No, seriously. Ironically,
0: it's on TV right. He only now,
3: had right? twenty carries. He yeah. I mean, and they diced the Rams' defense up. I am mean, you know, that's yeah. a different story. I don't want to compare defenses because I don't know enough you, about wait, the, they Raider. diced, oh, the, the, the Raiders. The Raiders. D- I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. But that's that is what's going to need to happen for the Cowboys' offense to be successful, is for Ezekiel Elliott to be the star of the show and in a variety of ways, and yeah. we didn't see it Sunday. Part of that is the defense you're playing. Again, it's not time to close the book, but it's got to be better.
0: But, I mean, that's also a part of if you got a stud player, you've got to feed him, and I don't feel like they fed him in different ways, right. like whether it's in the passing game. Like you said yesterday, I'd love to see them run that Texas route more frequently. I think that is an indefensible route unless you're going to zone them, unless you're going to play zone, which then creates a lot of other opportunities for you. It is hard for for a guy to keep up. And what I mean by a Texas route, basically you flare out, and then you come back in. You, you dip back into the middle. It's almost impossible to cover that man-to-man uh, for most linebackers or most safeties because of the, the the nature of the route. And I just think they ought to use it more. When,
1: Talk about what they should use a little bit more. When did this team just decide that they don't need a fullback? I mean, the type of offense that they want to run, why not use a fullback? And I don't know if Ola Wally's the, the smash mouth fullback that they're that they've had in the in the past. They didn't have he's not the same guy as Keith Smith, but I'm saying, you know, why does Zeke have to do all of the work right there? I mean it's a different mindset. You want to spread them out a little bit, but they don't. It'd be one thing if they just said we don't want the fullback because we want to spread things out. But when Terrence Williams, who's got zero pancakes probably in his life, he's a good blocker, but not to the point where you should be in the line of scrimmage and blocking. I don't know why we're not using more of a fullback there.
2: Well,
3: I don't know. Zeke is Zeke gives this offense the best chance to be very successful, yep. and you you got to do more with him to make that happen. In my opinion, Agreed.
2: let's hope they they listen to you, Dave. <laughs> So, we'll see. tomorrow we will dissect the Giants offense for real. <laughs> and we'll figure out what happens moving on forward. For Nick Eatman, Derek Eagleton, David Hillman, and Member Garcia, this was the break on DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
2: How about you, Cowboys?